Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast on Truth For Today. You know, truth never gets old. Did you know that? It doesn't age. Uh, it just remains the same. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Jesus said, sanctify them, Father, in the truth. Thy word is truth. That's John chapter 17. So, Truth is very, very essential to be successful in life, to overcome hindrances and obstacles and opposition, because the truth is a force and a power that the devil cannot withstand. Be sober, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, but resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. And after you have suffered for a little, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ shall himself confirm, perfect, strengthen, and establish you. You know, that's the end of every trial if you're trusting God. You're going to come out glorious. You're going to come out way stronger than you did when you were entering in the trial. So we're going to get back on this communion of prayer. What a a tremendous time. You know, you and I have the privilege of entering God's throne room through prayer. I want to give you that verse first, and then we're going to go into John chapter 15. But I want to give you this this verse in Hebrews chapter 4. I think it's so important that we realize that we have access to the Father. The Bible says in Ephesians, for by one spirit, we have access to the Father. We have access to God by the Holy Spirit. Every believer, anyone who's ever accepted Christ has the Holy Spirit in him or her. But the Holy Spirit can not only be within, he can be upon. And I tell you, when he's both within and upon, you are a force for God, for the devil to reckon with. In other words, you're unstoppable. You can get something done for the kingdom of God. That's why it's important to have times of prayer and to be in corporate prayer. When you're in corporate prayer, I'm telling you what, the Spirit of God really moves exponentially. And you experience more and more of God's presence and power and life, life. Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you abundantly, to the full till it overflows. So in Hebrews, 
and uh, you know, I spent a long, many, many years in this book of Hebrews. I just love this book. <laughs> There's so much in it. And, uh, but here it says, let's start in verse 14 of Hebrews chapter four. If you have your Bible, turn, turn there. Hebrews chapter four, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest. Now that word great in the Greek is mega. That's what Jesus is. He's a mega high priest. In other words, he's bigger, greater, better, stronger than anything else you could ever face in your life. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. You know, confession is very important. You know, people, you know, the spirit of faith works based on believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. You know, confession is very essential. Paul said in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, uh, 4, 13, he said, and we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore also we speak. So he's giving them the principles of faith. And by the way, Another title or name for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Faith. I mean, if you go through the New Testament, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Faith, the Spirit of Holiness, the Spirit of Grace, the Spirit of Truth. My. He's so relevant to our lives today. How important is it to know truth? How important is it to have grace? How important is it to walk in holiness and faith? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to God must believe He is. Remember, He is, I am. He is, I am that I am, he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. People say, oh, you're just wasting your time with that Jesus stuff. Oh, really? Well, I'll tell you what, it would take months for me to list all the blessings God has given my wife and I over 30, almost 39 years. But I don't seek God for blessings. I seek God to know the Lord and because I love his fellowship. I'm telling you what, fellowship with God. When you know in your heart, in your spirit, that you actually are having fellowship with God, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will fellowship with him and he with me. Modern day translation of Revelation 3.20. And when you know that you are fellowshipping with God, uh, there's nothing, nothing that can hold a candle to that. 
that even compares with it remotely. I mean, I get up early in the morning not because I feel like, oh, I better, I have to, I have to do this. It's, it's religious duty. Oh, no. I get up early in the morning because I love to get up early in the morning and I love to spend time in God's presence and in his word and in prayer. I, I get up and I have a, a great expectation. Wow, what is he going to show me today out of the word? What is he going to speak to me today by his spirit and through his voice? What does God have for me today? I got delivered from religion a long time ago, thank God. And it's all about relationship with Christ. Not about religious practice, religious ritual, religious forms, you know, where you just kind of go through the motions. No. It's sitting in his presence, abiding in him. We're going to get into that just a moment. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. Woo! You can abide in him. That word abide in the Greek means to dwell. Make a home. In Hebrews 4.16 here, moving right along, verse 15 for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You know, he was the son of man as well as the son of God. He, the word became flesh. He was a human. He understood the flesh. He understood the world. He understood the devil. He said the prince of this World is coming and he has nothing in me. Oh, I love that verse. But the prince of this world or age is coming and he has nothing in me. In other words, there was nothing in Jesus that the devil could find common ground with. He was the spotless Lamb of God. He was undefiled, spotless, blameless undefiled, never had sinned, without sin. And they couldn't, they were always trying to catch him in some, you know, lie, uh, you know, that, that they had. They were trying to always accuse him falsely. I guess that spirit's still on the earth today, isn't it? But they never could find any grounds to accuse him because he was flawless, perfect, spotless, without sin. He never knew what it was like to sin. He stayed in the presence of his father 24-7. He walked in the spirit. He walked in the grace. In fact, he was the person of grace. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. The law was given through Moses, but grace came by Jesus Christ. Grace is undeserved favor 
unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor that God gives us freely because he loves us. He does not judge us on our performance. Like the world does, you know, they give you a performance report. How you did, how you did. Well, you know, and I understand why because, you know, some people are kind of slack. But you know what? God's not like that. He does not judge you based on performance. He judges, he judges you by grace. In other words, he gives you favor. The shed blood of Jesus canceled out all your and my sins forever. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us and which was hostile to us, and he took it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. First Peter 2.24, he himself bore our sins in his own body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his stripes we were healed. So his wounds bled forgiveness. His wounds bled healing for the world. That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. It can cover the sins of the world in every age, in every generation. How powerful is that blood? It says they, in the book of Revelation, when it comes to uh, how they overcame Satan, it says they overcame the devil. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So how, how important is confession? Jesus used it himself when he said, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, people make fun of these things and they play them down, but you know what? These are precious truths of the Bible that can put you over in everyday life. Say what the Bible says about you, not what the circumstance or what somebody else is saying about you. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. Why? That we might be made or become the righteousness of God in him. In other words, have a perfect standing with God, just as if we've never sinned. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The word justified in the Greek means to clear of all guilt, and declare righteous. We've been cleared in Christ. We've been cleared of all guilt and declared righteous. But now, the righteousness of God has been revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ, to all those who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. You know, people say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Well, no. Well, yeah, you were a sinner saved by grace, but once you got saved, you were made righteous. You were 
made a new creation. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things are passed away. The old, all things have become new. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press toward the mark for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. People that are always living in their past, uh, you know, regretting their sins, living under some guilt or in some guilt trip, they're missing it. Read the Bible. It'll tell you the truth. Jesus bore our sins. If Jesus bore them, you need bear them no more. If he bore your sin and your shame and your guilt, you need bear it no more. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. So instead of wallowing in your sinful past, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and he'll teach you how to walk and live in the spirit and you won't carry out the desire of the flesh. Wow, it's called the great exchange. He took our sin, our shame, our guilt and gave us his life his righteousness, his peace. There's nothing any better. Okay, I got to get back on this. Hebrews chapter four. For we have not a high priest which cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, says the New American Standard Bible. For we have, for we have not a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Woohoo! That's the guy I want to follow, the guy that never sinned. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Not sheepish, not uh, sheepishly, <laughs> tongue tied there, but, you know, not uh, in weakness and fear and, you know, I wonder if God's going to hear me or he's going to beat me over the head with a club or what he's going to do. I don't know. I've not been too good this last few days. Now, he says, come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace that you may receive mercy, not condemnation, not harshness and hardness, that you may receive mercy, loyal love, and grace, God's ability to help in the time of your need. So if you're having problems, you're having struggles with your flesh or something else, don't run from God, run to God. And he'll set you free. It's all about liberty and freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. That's why this nation was so great, because it was founded on freedom and liberty. But the more people move away from truth, the more they lose their freedoms. Understand, freedom is directly connected with truth. And the more a society moves away from truth, the more they lose their freedoms. So you want to maintain your freedoms? Stick with the truth. He's a God of truth. 
Well, I'll tell you what, I got to get through this. Praise the Lord. For we have not a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, just as if we've never sinned. That's what the word justified means, to clear of all guilt and declare righteous. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy or receive mercy, loyal love, and find grace to help in time of need. Hey, listen, we need this every day, folks. There's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare out there and there's a lot of temptation out there and there's a lot of, you know, you can, you name it. There's a lot of opposition to Christianity out there, but you know what? We're just gonna walk in love. We're just gonna stay in love, walk in love, abide these three, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So we're not gonna, you know, ever try to do anything but love people. Love is the fulfillment of the entire law. Love never fails. Jesus said, love your enemies. Do good to those who persecute you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Those are weapons, folks, that never fail because love never fails and God is love and that's why God never fails. So let's go to, in the remainder of time here, we have, we have enough time too. In John chapter 15, this was part of a discourse that Jesus had with his disciples before his suffering and death on the cross. It starts actually in John 14 and goes all the way through John 17. And I'm gonna cover a little bit of it today. We'll probably get into more of it next time on the communion of prayer. But I wanna start in, in uh, chapter 15 today. Lord put that on my heart. Jesus is talking to his most intimate friends, his disciples. I believe he's talking to the 12 disciples. Maybe there were other people there. I'm not sure. But I know he was talking to the 12. And it says in John 15, 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He's talking about pruning. He's not talking about people losing their salvation. He's talking about God pruning the things off of our life that are not bearing fruit so that we can be very fruitful and productive and successful at whatever God has called us to do. Verse 3. You are already clean. I'm quoting the New American Standard here, even though I have the King James. You are, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now that's very powerful. The word cleanses you. 
It says in, in Psalm 12, the word of God is very pure as silver refined in a furnace, refined seven times. The word seven is the number of completion. In other words, God's word is totally pure. Verse four, abide in me. Oh, I love this verse. Abide in me. Why wouldn't you want to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty? Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, neither can you except you abide in me. In other words, dwell in me. You got to be connected to bear fruit. Got to be connected with the vine. And I love how he prunes off all the dead branches. All that stuff in our life that's not bearing fruit, that, you know, it's, it's literally dead. God's pruning it away so our tree can flourish and with life and, and uh, fruit and, you know, every good thing. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Not a little fruit. This is prolific fruit. Abundant fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Oh, now that's, that's something. That is a, an initiative to pray. Because people, you know, they, I mean, I've been around churches for a long time. I love the church, by the way. And I have a church. I have a pastor. But you know, uh, People have their programs and they invent all sorts of programs and you know, all this, and I'm not opposed to programs. But you know what? Uh, Jesus said, without me in the program, you can do nothing. So you better include Jesus in your program or your program won't have a lot of life and power in it. Christ the wisdom of God and the power of God. Christ is our life. And if we would include the Holy Spirit, who is his representative on the earth in his absence, if we would include the Holy Spirit in our services and be sensitive to the moving of his Holy Spirit, guess what? We'd have powerful demonstrations of God's life. And presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. It's pleasurable to fellowship with the Lord. And life, oh my gosh, you know, I can't tell you, and I, I don't know. Anyways, I don't know how to say it is what I'm saying. But God's presence, you can't compare it with anything. There's really nothing in the natural that you can compare God's presence with. It's very wonderful. It lifts every burden off you. Every weight I mean, all of a sudden, any worry, 
gone. Fear, gone. The Bible says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken in, in God's presence. His fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forever. It's like you're moving into the throne room of God with praise and worship. You're moving into his presence and all his blessings, the pleasures there are his blessings. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. That's the blessings. The pleasures are the blessings. And when we're in praise and worship, I mean, the blessings are falling from heaven upon us. And the anxiety and the fear and the worry, it's just dissolving in his presence. Because when God comes, peace comes, joy comes, life comes, power comes, strength comes, direction comes. He brings it all with him. Encouragement comes. Direction comes. Answers come for those questions we have. I want to get to one verse. I got a little bit of time here and not much. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Only the branches understand. If ye abide in me, this is the verse. John 15, 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So prayer is abiding in the vine. Prayer is abiding in him. This is He gives us the, the key, the description, the revelation of it right here in John 15, 7, one of my favorite verses. If you abide in me, Joe, say you put your name in there. If you abide in me, Joe, and my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you, Joe. Or whatever your name is out there. Make it personal. It's abiding. That word abide means to dwell. It's like you're making God your habitation and God's making his habitation you. Praise creates an atmosphere for God to move for God to dwell, for God to fill your life with himself. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you being with us today. I pray God's blessing over you today. I, I pray that the spirit of God and the presence of God will surround you, guide you, influence you, and help you today. In Jesus' name, amen. <music> 